Howdy and welcome to Love Letters, a podcast about the games, shows and movies most important to us. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and I am sitting down with a very special guest tonight, today, tonight, one of them, depends when you're listening. She's the president of the Garford Historical Society and Lord of the Snack Falcon, the return of the first ever Love Letters guest. She may have a new surname, but she's the same fucker you know and love. She's glorious, she's wondrous, and she's been burping like Charlie's uncle trying to avoid the fan at the chocolate factory. It's Mrs. Lorne Gibbs. How you doing, bruh? Hello, bruh. I'm bloody good. Bloody good. Now, listeners at home won't know that this is the third attempt at that intro Mm. because I lost the ability to speak and you've been burping. Tell us more about that. Uh, it's the the magic of diet Coca Cola in stores near you. Um, you see, they have this thing called carbonation, and uh, it does this thing where it gets into your throat and makes you immediately have to burp up the gases. Um, you know what I realized as well as mm. time's gone on. As I become older, I'm thirty, Jesse. I am now a thirty years old. Um, I wasn't thirty in the first love letters. In fact, I was probably what? like twenty eight. Crazy, right? I've changed. Um, I haven't. Uh, I used to always think that farts were worse than burps in terms of smelliness and, mm. like, grossness of it, you know? And you're always like, farts are always stinky. And burps, you're like, you burps don't smell. They're just gas that comes up. Boy, oh, boy. As you get older, burps are smelly. Never knew that as a kid. Never knew that. Used to always be, like, fun, burping the alphabet and all that kind of stuff. If your burps are that it, bad. It smells like vomit. I'd pref- oh, no. No, go see a doctor or, like, a, a priest. <laughs> That's fucked. No, you know, like, someone, like, will burp, like, next year or whatever, and you get a whiff of it. You're like, no. oh, I've just smelt, like, your entire digestive system, like, dealing with it. Do you not get that? How many people are burping next to you? Have you heard of stinky sneezes? Stinky sneezes. Have you heard of that? No. What What the fuck is happening? <laughs> what are you talking about? So there's a... Not quite sure. I first heard about it. Um, let me take you back in time. Back in time to uh, twen- 2012. <laughs> it's a theme. Um, I remember listening to uh, to the Rooster Teeth podcast, right, back in the old day, and one of the, the hosts on it would, he, he always said he was a sufferer of stinky sneezes, and then they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they'd be like, oh, like my wife always says my, my sneezes just like really stink. What? And they'd be like, that's ridiculous. And then like every now and again it would come up in conversation and they'd be like, oh, I smelt one the other day. It was foul, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I was always like, what the hell? And then like I feel like there's been a couple of times where I've had a little – I've had a sneeze and I've gone, that smells really awful and I don't know why. Um, but every now and again now, now that I'm a big grown adult as well living in a house um, with, a, with a husband and stuff, he also stinky sneezes every now and again. Wait, and okay. he'll sneeze, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's a bad one." And he goes, "Yep, that was that definitely was." I don't know what it is. It's like your mouth. How, what, what, we brush like, our teeth and look all that I'm, stuff regularly. I'm not here to king shame. Is he sneezing directly into your face? No, no, no. Like on the couch, I chew into like the arm. Thank you. The, the, thank whatever, you for giving me like, an example of a sneeze. Thank you, uh, listeners at home. Uh, yeah. Lawn has leaned Covering into it. her arm, COVID style. To hide her germs. As to be safe. Well, I mean, that's the thing nowadays. Like, As I, to be safe. I, I don't want to get- the smell just kind of accumulates. I don't want to get that close to people sneezing anymore because I'll die. Because that, that is a problem, isn't it? That is um, that is a thing now we are all wary about. 
What Much else like have you Burger discovered King with situation? age? Oh, just a lot of smells, <laughs> honestly. Actually, speaking joke. of COVID and Not smells, really. no. mm. I got COVID uh, last year. Not great. If you mm-hmm. haven't had it, don't recommend it. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if you can hear anything, apparently there there is a I typhoon it, happening outside my house right now. It is raining so hard. But anyway. Is it? Aww. I've realized my sense of smell and taste haven't come back fully. And I'm really a lot of people say that. fucking long annoyed. Because or like. Whatever they call it. You make like a good meal, don't mm. taste as good. You sn- you make a good mm. sneeze, you don't get to smell it anymore. Okay, <laughs> I'm a, look. It's not a pleasant. I didn't say it was good. I mean, I mean, I guess that kind of goes in hand with the stinky sneezes situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, normally I'd I'm ask so sorry. Anyway, a guest how they are, questions. but at this point, we know how you are. Fuck, I am unhinged and ready to go. You know me. I'm I'm. I will sit there in my house. I am I I f- am unfortunately, I'm not quite sure if this is right. Unfortunate, I don't know if that's the right word. An introvert, right? I hate the outside. I don't hate it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't like when people come over. I don't like going to people's houses. I don't like seeing people. I don't like making phone calls. I don't like the general public. I will sit here in silence listening to a podcast. Um, and say nothing for three hours, and then as soon as uh, you have me on camera, I will release the most unhinged stuff. I think it's because I, I I need to speak. Like if I'd spoken throughout the day, this would be gone. But unfortunately, um, it had remained. You know inside. what you're like. You've seen Indiana Jones, the one with the arc in it. You I've haven't seen, seen that scene where they skull. open up the box and they, all the Nazis' faces melt. Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, scene. you're like that. <clears throat> like during the day, just the trunk, just the box. Okay, it's just a cube in a in a in a on in a yep. temple in a, on a shelf. Okay. Yep. Then you open up That's a little me. bit. Light comes out. All sorts of panic. Okay. That's yes. what you are. <laughs> you're an Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Yeah, the panic, the panic. It definitely, in, um, it definitely comes out. It got me before I couldn't record a fucking intro. Exactly. That's exactly. bad. I don't really know if, if like, I I also unfortunately, like, overshare a lot as well. Like, so I'm sorry if I do that. I mean, you did come into it. I'm not sorry. I don't really, mm, I don't really care. did come into the podcast honestly. being like, I make I all sorts of weed smells now. <laughs> I'm real it's fucked delicious. up. I think I'm sick. It's really good. It's really good. I'm not, actually. I'm quite healthy. You are. That's why I said, like, oh, no, my, my original, um, Diet Coke. my original intro for you. Um, did include something about weightlifting, but then the only thing I could think the of machine. that rhymed with weightlifting was drifting, and I don't know about how you drive, so I didn't want to put anything about you drifting your car or anything like that. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. Well, I do. Would you like me to talk instead of about what we're going to talk about? Do you want me to talk about Need for Speed Underground Two instead, and then we can just start the intro again, and we can. I'm going to pin that for a future episode because yes, <laughs> we will be, and oh boy, are the outfits going to be. Intense for that one. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Look, We've you, already got our outfits. They're kind Well, they're okay. You did mention that we are going to be talking about a game. This is a game that got us talking back in the day. This, <laughs> this is one of the foundational aspects of our friendship. Um, mm. It's a little game we called... We have a friendship? Look, it's, it's an acquaintance. It's more of an unhinged um, <laughs> acquaintance. Yeah, okay. like, if, if, if we right. found out that we, you and I were the same, like... We were like 
in the same like uh, institution right now, we're having like a shared delusion that yes. sort of lines up with a lot of things. But yeah. speaking of facing opposite corners and stuff, insanity. We're going to be talking about Far Cry yes. Three. Okay. A Whoa! game that we have done a podcast on before, back when we do, used to do the Story Mode podcast Ooh. together, back when it was called Story Mode, a video game podcast, the Halcyon Days. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mm-hmm. me, and Keelan spoke about that game for about two hours. Let's try and condense that down to about an hour. And I'd do it again. Well, you're about yeah. to. You can't stop me. <clears throat> Lorne, for those unlucky enough not to already know, what is Far Cry 3? <sighs> well... Uh, 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 Far Cry 3 is um, a wonderful video game released in 2012, apparently, um, by Ubisoft. Uh, I don't know if a specific place, Ubisoft. I anyway, think Ubisoft um, Montreal made this one. Ah, uh, correct, yes. <clears throat> one of the one of the Canadas. Um, and it is first-person action adventure game. Uh, first-person? Yes, it is. Um, where you... Play as a protagonist, Jason Brody, um, who, with his friends, skydive down to this abandoned island that they've heard about um, from a local back in, in Bangkok when they're on this big old holiday. Um, and as they land, they're captured by pirates and they must escape the pirates and uh, gain their freedom back to the holy land of America or Canada, I guess. Well, not Canada. It's America, but they're Canadian actors, you can tell. Are they? Maybe they're cheaper. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, the guy who does Jason Brody's voice, I don't think he's done really much else apart from some random cartoons, but he's very, con- like, he's Canadian, but, like, you can definitely tell that he's Canadian. But, like, they don't say they're American. I think it's just, actually, no. Well, they I think American. the pirates go, like, stupid American tourists and that kind of stuff, and it's, you know. Nailed it. I don't know if they say where they live. Oh, they do, actually. They say they live in California. Never ignore me. I was going to say, they, they are the most, like, American caricature young adults I've ever seen. Because, yeah, they, they come through the island they and, are. like, we're going to run the place, yeah. like, jet skis and skydiving and yeah. cane and all sorts of shit. Yeah, like, we hear this island's abandoned. We're going to go fucking nuts. Um, And they do. But they are, you're right. I think every one of them is, like, a stereotype, more or less. Um. For the the stuck up rich American early twenty year olds college students, I suppose, um, and yeah. Anyway, that, that's a it's a it's a very good game, and yes. I recommend everyone play it. Before I spoil it, pause now. Oh uh, no! Back. Look, if you haven't played a game, it's it's over ten years old. Just you fucked up, and I will it say, and we'll get we'll old. get into it soon. How sad! Even if you haven't played Far Cry Three, you've played Far Cry Three. Because every so many games since um, FC three have been influenced to a point of it being detrimental to gaming. <laughs> this game was so perfect <laughs> that people try to recreate it have ruined, to me at least, open world games. <laughs> so it's quite powerful. Mm. We'll, we'll we'll get there in a moment. But yes, you crash on this island as Jason. You and your friends get captured um, by by Vass, played by Michael Mando. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better Call Saul's Nacho, uh, and one of those actors who was just born into a role, and that role is Vass, because he, he is Vass. It is such he a good performance. Vast. I didn't know that there was, like, live action stuff that he did for until we recorded mm-hmm. that episode all those oh, years ago. so good. So yeah. perfect. But you, you're captured by him, and then all sorts of goofs and guffaws happen. But, yes, you start mm-hmm. exploring the island, 
getting weapons, taking down bases. And I think it was one of the first great open world games, I would say. Mm. Because it gave you this, like, like, like a, a sandbox to play in. Yeah. And it was actually full of stuff that you genuinely wanted to do. Because I know a lot of open world games at that point were quite barren. But this had, like, mm-hmm. you know, you could drive around in cars, you could hunt animals, you just had, like, random encounters on the streets, and then you had the outposts and you had your own little safe houses, all these different groups you could join in with. But before we get into breaking mm-hmm. that down further, like you said, the game came in 2012. I want everyone to, to wind their minds back to 2012. Uh, they had the Halcyon days. I've used that term twice because I like it. Lorne, who were you back in... 2012, before you had all sorts of smells coming out of you. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who was I in 2012? Boy, oh, boy. Well, <clears throat> in 2012, I was a 19-year-old. Uh, 19, 19 um, I was on a gap year from university. So I was between year one and year two of my university. Um, and I was, I like, honestly, there's not much to say. I was a boring as hell check out chick from Coles who had nothing, no idea what she wanted to do uh, with her life. And she, she, she enjoyed playing video games in her spare time. And, and that was honestly it. I think I started watching Game of Thrones that year. That lasted a little bit of time. What an important year in your life. I'm very boring. Don't, don't look at me. I, yeah. Yep. Yep. That was it. I remember I lived, um, I lived in a house with uh, my boyfriend at the time and a couple of our friends so that was uh, that was a bit of good fun, but I didn't actually go ahead and pick up Far Cry Three. I know you're wanting this to be a whole 2012 situation until the year after. Oh, 2013! So oh, everything changed. I was into games. Everything changed. I was I was into games and stuff, but like I don't know, just not not too much. I remember we bought a PlayStation Three because it was the cheapest Blu-ray player at the time, um, because we were a very Xbox heavy uh couple gaming couple i guess back in the day so um everything we had was was xbox and microsoft based and and all that all that kind of stuff uh and i remember we yeah we went out we bought the playstation 3 just because it was um yeah the cheapest blu-ray player around and we had dishonored on it and i think we maybe only played a little bit of dishonored and then we were like "Mm, not for us i still haven't gone back to it i keep saying i want to but I still haven't, um, but yeah. But it wasn't until the the next year that I actually picked up Far Cry Three. If you wanted me to uh, have a chat about 2013, Lauren, she was crazy. Oh, she wasn't. No, no. I was say you. She wasn't at all. You were that same um, boring checkout chick when we met. Everything changed when you met me. Yes, basically. thank you. You're welcome. That's okay. true. That's true. I'm a gift. Actually, I was a deli manager. Thank you very much. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. Sorry. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um. So, first impressions of the game. So, you got it. Had to change you. Because it sounded like you needed some excitement. Was this the excitement you got? Oh, well, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so the game had been out for a bit and I'd seen bits and pieces of it. And uh, like I said earlier, I obviously listened to like Rooster Teeth podcasts and all that stuff. And I remember watching um, Achievement Hunter videos and they – uh, did the, or, you know, all these obviously random Achievement Hunter videos where they, like, 
found the achievement, like here's where you jump off the the tallest cliff to get this achievement and here's how you can dive down the bottom of the water to get this achievement and just stuff like that. And I remember being like, oh, it looks interesting, but I don't know what it was, but something about it, like it like it felt like it was going to scare me. Like I, was, I wasn't really into like big action shooter games because it was like um, people coming out of nowhere and starting to shoot at me and stuff like that like kind of scared me a little bit um as in like oh my god I can't do it I like put it put the controller down I was like I was a gamer but I was like very story like story driven like passive kind of games um and but I remember hearing them talking all about this game and about how like oh dude it's so funny you can like um go to like try and liberate an outpost but then like I kept watch and eventually a tiger came and took out the whole camp for me and you know, stuff like that. Or like I got in a car and I I drove it off this cliff and like it rolled, the, you know, just just those stories of, of stuff that happens in games that are just like you got to play it to like experience it. Like I feel like so many games nowadays have that, like Breath of the Wild and Red Dead Redemption and, and all that kind of stuff where it's like you just, you have no idea what it's like until you actually give it a go and you can kind of find yourself in that little sandbox, or that massive, I mean, sandbox um, environment. And... So what I did is I um I went ahead and, and bought it as like an early birthday present for my boyfriend and I was like had it hidden away for a couple of weeks and then he came home one day and said, look what I got and he also had bought it and I was like, oh, for God's sake. And I was like, well, in that case, I'm going to take it home and I'm going to play it myself then. And um, first impressions of it was I I really enjoyed – the character of, of Jason Brody. And I know that obviously that this is a point we'll get to later where like everyone seems to hate him and think he's a um, kind of a nothing character, like a, a douchebag. Um, but I was really like, like his voice acting I found was, was really good. Like it was kind of, it was captivating and it was um, especially at the start, like where he's, he's terrified and he, um he loses his older brother in the first, in the opening minutes, which, um, kind of paves the way for his hero arc. Um, but I just remember like really enjoying this character and really wanting him to succeed and to save his girlfriend and his younger brother and the rest of his friends. And just like, I really wanted it to work out for him. Like, as which is, I don't know, I guess not having been in those kind of games before was, um, yeah, it was, it was captivating. It was captivating to get into a game and be like, hell yeah. Because like I'd played Red Dead Redemption like at that point. And that was my favorite game up until probably, look, it's honestly probably equal in their own certain ways is my favorite game of all time, Red Dead and Far Cry 3. But um, like I'd played that before, so I wasn't really a stranger. And that also gave me that kind of spooked feeling like when you hear wolves in the background or coyotes and especially like Undead Nightmare was just scary for the sake of it. Um. But yeah, it, it definitely opened up this kind of new – it gave me the confidence, I guess, to, to strive to go play these other games. Like it wasn't my first time ever, like I said, but yeah, it definitely opened up the avenue of being like, oh, this is a first-person shooter. Like I'm no stranger to that. I think that one of the things that makes it so special is that unpredictability. You you definitely felt like – I think up to that point, every game I played was very much just like a, um, a power fantasy, which I mean, this game definitely is. Mm. But in those other games where you were clearly the most powerful person in the room, nothing was going to beat you. It was just a matter of mm-hmm. getting through room to room, playing whatever game you were playing. With this one, the unpredictability of things like, you know, the animals, like you said, the, you know, the tiger bursting through, uh, the fire propagation, which 
came from Far Cry 2. Mm. That, and that system was so good. Those little yep. chaotic elements meant that every single uh, interaction you had with other characters wouldn't always... You, you couldn't 100% know for sure how it was going to go down. And that was such a rarity at the time. I hadn't had that sort of immersion in a game. And, I mean, you mm. bring up games like Breath of the Wild and stuff. They're the stories you tell your friends. You don't really talk about yeah. the story beats. You say, hey, I found this, and then this happened. And they're the, the most fun parts to me. I also find it funny yeah. how you said the sandbox elements. Um, you and your partner were playing at the game at the same time. Um, Sophie and I did the same thing. We both had a copy of Far Cry 3, both played at the same time, and we're just like, oh, whatever we'll, we'll catch up, we'll just talk about Far Cry 3. Well, actually, he never played it. Um, he actually Ooh. didn't like it at all. <laughs> I bought it for him. I bought I bought him Far Cry 3 and Rocksmith, and he didn't play either of them. And that's I, why I, he's an ex. See this, I, I was going to say, I don't talk, I don't speak to him anymore, but uh, <laughs> I was very I was very mad that he didn't do that. But I actually tried to, a couple of times, make him play it because I was like, I need... I was like, I need to tell you about this story. I need to tell you about the ending. I need to tell you about how I feel about it. And he didn't want any spoilers. So I was like, oh, my God, this one thing happened. And he was like, no, 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 no. I don't want any spoilers. I'll play it one day. And I was like, I fucking hate you. I hate you so much. No. Um, and, yeah, he uh, he never actually ended up playing it. I think eventually he started for a bit and then he got, you know, pretty early in and stopped and then got back into it and blah, blah. But it just wasn't if he him, is listening is to the enough, show. But- he is the first official enemy of the podcast. <laughs> I'll put it down there. I'll throw it down. Oh, that. that's fine. We could, well, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but that is that is like that's cool though. Like I'm glad that you and her had that um that connection like via that because I know that you've said in the past like every time a new Far Cry has come out, you've been like we've always buy two in this household. Yes, up until six, and we'll get there in a moment. Did, well, yeah. Did you play? Did you play two? <laughs> Because, like, Far Cry 1's bonkers. It's such a weird, different thing on PC. But Far Cry 2, experimental, but it was the, the birthplace of Far yeah. 3. So I, um, back in my pre-story mode days when um I was doing another video game podcast, I obviously had gushed about my love for Far Cry 3 there. And um one of the guys in it was like, mm, I don't know, Far Cry 2 is just, just better. And so we tried to play it, and I bought it on Steam. I think I still have it. Um... Because, you know, the whole malaria effects and the he himself uh, used to always bring up the fire, like the fire propagation, like how it spreads and how it can destroy like huge landscapes and all that stuff. Um, and like I said, the malaria is like the, the feature of the, if you get stung, you kind of lose health over time and you've got to go find yourself a cure and all that. Um, so I really tried to play it, but it got to a point where the game actually just stopped working. Um, I wasn't quite sure what it was. There were definitely these glitches where these people, you'd go to talk to them and their their um, NPC character in the world would be jumping up and down in the air. You couldn't actually, like, talk to them because they were, like, out of frame all the time. I remember that And I was glitch. just like, what? Yeah, and you know, like, when you Google, like, how to fix it and everyone goes, how do you fix it? No one answers it. It's like, well, it's been seven years and no one's answered these questions. Obviously no one's doing it. I did appreciate it, but um, I've always been... I've always found it really hard to go back to games, especially like I could go back to Far Cry 3 now and play it and love it still. But if Far Cry 2 is like, I didn't, if I didn't start with it and it's earlier than it, I find it really hard to play it and be like, what a gem this is, you know? Yeah. Like I'm kind of a snob no, when it comes I mean, to that kind of stuff. I think, I mean, we were talking about getting older before. Burn her, you say. Burn the witch. <laughs> 
No, what I'm, what I'm finding as I'm getting older, I, just, I think I just hit a point in the last few years where I was just like, as a quote-unquote gamer, there are games you're meant to play. Mm. And I always felt like, hey, no, I've got to do this. This game's coming out. It's a big game. I've got to play it. I've got to do it. It's got to be part of the mm. part of the zeitgeist. And then I realized, no, you don't. Play what the fuck you want. And if you don't like it, cool. Just don't make it your yeah. whole personality. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, now, that's the issue people have. I, I played Far Cry 2 because, yeah, Soph had a copy of it. And I'll just mm. fuck around with it. And those who have listened to um, the story of my podcast or even when I'm jumping on dialogue options would know I'm a massive fan of breakable weapons in Zelda. I think it's one of the coolest things. And I think the love for that actually started with Far Cry 2 because your weapons can break. And then suddenly you're having to use your environment, the fire, to mm. somehow tilt the battle back into your favor. I was... That's where the love for that started because it made it endlessly replayable for me. And that went up a notch yeah. with Far Cry 3. I've played Far Cry 3. I think it's my second most replayed, like, till the end game. The first being Jack 2. Mm-hmm. I've I've played through mm-hmm. Far Cry 3, I don't know, a dozen times. Yeah. And I just keep redoing this, the, the same outpost. I, I, well, using different weapons. I feel like and I'm stuff. the same. And, like, I'm an achievement – well, I'm not an achievement hunter. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm, like – I. if I play a game, I always go through the achievements and kind of rank uh, – like, rate, sorry, the completionist or if I'm going to actually complete the story and all that based on how easy the achievements are. Um, but I got all the achievements in the Xbox 360 version and then when it came out again on um, – uh, as a definitive edition or whatever that was, the remade edition, um, I went ahead and did all that as well. And when you do that, you've you've got to finish the game. I think at, I think only once that you have to. But like, I mean, but the amount of times I played that game through fully before I was like, I'm going to get all the achievements this time. And it's very forgiving with the achievements as well, actually, which is the thing that I like about it. Um, the the Xbox 360 version had, unfortunately, had a multiplayer achievements, but all they were was finish this map because the multiplayer was, um, you know, play with people online to complete these, like, scenarios on, like, six different maps, basically. So you just had to complete a map. But they had this stupid system where there was a team leader that was randomly chosen, and I think it was, like, the first person that, like, the, the internet picked up as, like, the team leader, like the the host of the six other people online, um, and they got to choose the map. And so when I first started uh, playing the online to get the achievements specifically, it would, like I'd go through the first map, we'd do it, and then maybe the host would play the next map, and then they'd disconnect and someone else came on, and then it kicked you out to the lobby. You went back, then they'd pick the first map, and then every now and again like someone would be like, oh, I'm going to go map four, and you'd be like, finally. And there was one more map that I needed. And I remember I um I went back to playing it like I reckon it was like 2014 or something. So a couple of years after it had already been out. And the amount of people playing the online multiplayer at that time was uh it wasn't many. So it took quite a while to get a game. And you were never the host. I think I was once, and I finally picked the last map and then people left. So it kicked me out again. And I just remember like when that person picked that last map, eventually I was like, please just stick with it. Just stick with this fucking map. I played the other ones a million times already, went through it all and got all the achievements. It was such a good feeling. Um, and then luckily the definitive edition didn't involve that at all. So that was good. But 
So you- the achievements were like, if there's 120 collectibles, it was like, just get 60. Like, it's fine. Oh, Here's a map that. for them as well. You can buy them at the shop. So with that, with trying to get that achievement, you would say that you kept trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Lorne, do you know the definition <laughs> of insanity? <laughs> yeah, I did it. Got that Michael Mando. <laughs> New Michael Woo! Mando in town. Michael Monroe, Jesse Monroe. Good enough. <laughs> Michael Monroe. Now, looking like back it. at 2012. Now, I have a list of 2012 games. I didn't know yes. you were to come in here, strolling here, being like, oh, I actually got it in 2013 when I was fucking cool. So, I know, look, I'm really sorry. You've absolutely really scrambled sorry. me here. But I have a list of games that came in 2012. And apparently, 2012 was the year of the sequel. Borderlands 2, Max mm. Payne 3, Assassin's Creed 3, Darksiders 2, Halo 4, Diablo 3, Mass Effect 3, Guild Wars 2, Persona 4, and of course Far Cry 3. But what do you think made Far Cry 3 such stand out from the pack so much? Especially the game that kind of surprised me that it came out the same year as Assassin's Creed 3, another Ubisoft game. Was that the one where it was based in America? Yeah, the shit one. Like Native Americans? I think um, that was the first Assassin's Creed game I didn't finish. Like couldn't. Yeah. And it was so weird that, that Ubisoft yeah. had just turned out a, a bit of a reimagining of what the open world genre could be at the time. And then Assassin's mm. Creed 3 just made it had such similar things. Like you could have stealth kills, mm. you could uh, you know, go up a big tree, I guess, in, in, in Assassin's Creed to find out oh what boy. your surroundings are. <laughs> there were there there is a Ubisoft all the Ubisoft games use the same ingredients, they just cook them differently. What do you think made a game like Far Cry 3 stand out against a game that was using similar things like sequels. Assassin's Creed? Well, I think you kind of just said it before. Like, I think the addition of um, Vass was a very talked about situation. Like, he, I, I, he is a fucking terrifying villain. Like, just scary. <laughs> like, his... Um, I actually think the, he may be my favorite like, villain in a video game. Yeah. I, I yeah, can't really I think, think of somebody as memorable. Amazing. Yeah. Like Michael Mando, obviously, amazing performance, vast, terrifying an antagonist. I think just like at the start, like he like screams like in your face. Like at the start, it's like this, oh, you know, we're up in the sky. Everything's all good. And then you just like fucking just absolutely like just screams oh, and when he in your pull, face. When he pulls and you're just like, away. holy crap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, obviously, like, his speech of that definition of insanity was a, a very, very good tagline to use because, like, I think I don't think anyone really noticed that that was a Albert Einstein quote for... um. No, it's a vast quote. Einstein I stole it. really, ever. You know when... Exactly. He, never, exactly. he didn't say an Oppenheimer. <laughs> you know when, like, those it. things happen? I didn't, I, I didn't know it was an Einstein <laughs> Just, quote. This is not an Oppenheimer. I didn't know Einstein was so insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, I think... But yeah, I think I think he was a massive point that a lot of other games didn't have. Like they might have had a oh a bad boss fight, like a like a really hard boss fight or something like that. But like not an antagonist like that who just puts his like the actor puts all his absolute all into it and um makes you just like I, every time he popped up on screen, I was like oh shit, <laughs> like oh god, now what? I, I found like a lot of enemies and bosses and stuff like that in in other games at the time, and look, you still get a bit now were scary gameplay wise because they came on screen like oh i may die here he's gonna be a hard he or she's mm. gonna be a hard boss fight okay yeah but vas was scary in a narrative sense 
when you actually actually yeah. have to confront him, it's nothing. It's he's just a man. All he is. Yeah. But he was just so he made you feel uncomfortable. And I think the way he reflected the island itself, the Rook Island, is unpredictable. You could be going down yeah. the road and suddenly a panther attacks you and suddenly everything's on fire. That was Vath. And I think just having mm. him be the personification of the gameplay you just went through, so effective because you're used to having these sort of like, the lack of a better term, jump scares moments in the game when you mm-hmm. know something goes wrong. And then in the cutscene, Vast would do that. And it just, it had me on edge. And I think that's more powerful than just having a boss with three health bars. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. I think the, um, yeah, fucking three health bars, Jesus. Um, I think, yeah, the unpredictability of the world, like the sandbox world and it, like it really was one of those like, like, not, I don't know, lack of a better term, like once in a generation kind of a title um, or one in a year maybe title where everyone could have such a different experience and such a different playing style of, of how they got through the game. Like some people, like, I mean, Every open world game is kind of the same where it's like some people beeline the the um, the quest lines and some people explore. Like I know that when I play open world games, I'll do the first few quests obviously and then as soon as I'm allowed out on my own and it's not like tutorial based, like as soon as it's like fully the gloves are off, the invisible walls are taken down, like I am exploring, I'm hunting, I'm crafting, like I will be 20 hours into a game and only be like five quests in. Yeah. You Far Cry know? 3 is the only game that I can think of where I actually put effort into crafting because it was so simple. Just mm. hunt three shark, yep. get cool wallet. I can do that. Like, But that was that was it. It wasn't like combined five things like you do in Breath of the Wild where it's like, oh, you know, you can put together this, this bloody apple, a stick, and like some fire gel and some fucking goblin hair. I don't know. What it was less like experimentation. It was more tick these boxes, have more fun. Because I found yeah, that everything you collect also, is useful. Well, exactly. It was useful because it was like a wallet upgrade would make you be able to carry more cash. And like you could um, – I remember playing through the first time. So I'm I'm pretty um, – uh, I'm, I'm better now, but I, I really struggle with like reading and taking things in and really comprehending what is said to me, um, especially in a game sense. So I remember playing the game for ages when I f- first played it only having two slots to put my weapons because I didn't realize because I skipped through it all because I'm like, ah, whatever, boring. I skipped through the fact that if you craft another, um, what are they called? The bandolier. Yeah. Like you, if you craft more to do with that, you get to carry more weapons. And I real, I think I was about three quarters through and I was like, I'm right. If I had you, how the hell do I use an arrow and also a flamethrower and also a pistol and a shotgun and a, machine gun and a sniper rifle with only two slots and what when are these ever going to unlock and then i looked through the menu and i was like oh it's i'm the problem <laughs> did you ever notice the really really funny um like weapon descriptions and character descriptions uh i yeah i i noticed i can't remember any of them but like i i remember them being like witty or like so good. they weren't just boring they definitely had some thought put into them they they yeah there was a lot of character this every every part of this game had a lot of character and look about the bandolier thing i will never judge into it later on anyone about that have you ever played jedi fallen order i have not so i've heard a lot about it though it's uh, for somebody who's a bit shit at games like me it was tricky i played on the hardest difficulty because i thought i would try i'll try and do it and i got to a 
fight with um if if you've played it at home, the ninth sister. I got to that fight and it took me two days to beat her. And then I messaged, I think I was, I was speaking to Keelan about it. And he's like, yeah, now you need to make sure that you upgrade all your health packs. I'm like, well, sorry? What do you, what do you <laughs> mean? I played on the hardest difficulty available when you first play it. All the way up to that point, not upgrading any of my my health at all. I just had minimal health. I had like two recharges off it. Um, so I would <laughs> never, ever judge people for stuff like that because, I mean, I guess. Well, sometimes you just have to like scope through the menus and stuff to actually find your results. Not saying that you do have to do that in Far Cry 3, but obviously at one point I went through it and I was like, Oh, when they dump all that oh, information, go get some leopards. Yeah, when they dump all that information yeah. at the start on you, it's like I want to play the game. Just fucking go. Let me let me loose. Yeah, uh, and I don't mm-hmm. take. I'm, I'm the exact same. So don't stress. Now, look, we've mentioned Far Cry Two, but I I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the sequels, Far Cry sequels, mm. um, and and their spinoffs. We'll we'll speak about it, a little bit about Blood Dragon as well. Why aren't they as good as three? Well, I think four was about as close as you could get. Um, Obviously, it's the next one up, so it's the closest that there was, um, you know, whatever the word is, timeline-wise. I really enjoyed Far Cry 4. I think they tried to copy the crazy antagonist... um, a bit too closely and they didn't quite get the mark. And obviously when you've got a once in a lifetime antagonist like Vass, everyone's going to be like, well, Pagan Min, he's not as good as Vass. If, if it's wild though, if he was by himself, yep. he would still be good. Cause he was still a good antagonist. And in fact, like the twist of Far Cry 4 makes you feel differently about him altogether. Um, and I mean, obviously that's what you do with a twist Blair, but like, yeah, sorry. It was a it was a very well written twist. Like I, I think it was. if you remove Vath, Pagan Min's in the conversation mm-hmm. is one of the best villains I've ever come up against. Yeah, yeah. It, it I remember complicated. Um, and I think one of um Troy Baker's best performances, extremely. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Ex- ex- like definitely. And I think as well, um not saying that it was a bad move at all, but Troy Baker was like what it still is, obviously, one of the, the biggest voice actors in the gaming world. But um I think getting him for that game after the success of Far Cry 3 was like, this is going to be phenomenal. You got Troy Baker after Far Cry 3. You know, you can ride elephants. Amazing. A little, like, a little what shitty else helicopter could you thing. really want? A little shilly. I don't, I don't, um, I don't like Far Cry 3. I just think it missed the mark because I, I think the protagonist of 4 was so much more nothing than Jason Brody. As much as, like I said, people think of their way as Jason Brody. But also, I think. What you were winning, what you were playing for, no, nothing mattered in four. And I know you kind of it, this is hard to explain without going into the story, but it was um, it was kind of set out that Pagan Min's a bad guy, and these two other people that you were following were the ones who were going to make the country right again. And you followed them all the way to the end, and then you realize that they're both just as corrupt as Pagan Min is. And who do you really want to pick in the end? You know, do you want to pick this guy, this guy, or Pagan Min? They're all real shit. And um. The, the main character didn't make any of those choices interesting. Like he was just a card, like he's cardboard box, cardboard slate, which goes into five. You don't even have a protagonist. You're like, your protagonist is a blank canvas. Mm. 
You could have been male or female, which is great. You could pick your outfit, which is great. But you're a, a, a first person. I think you could also be third person. I think you could switch. I can't quite remember. But you, it literally took every bit that made Far Cry 3 great, as in the the um, uh, protagonist that you could either relate to or you either loved or you hated, um, an antagonist that was absolutely terrifying and you just turn it into a like a just cause, you know, like a sand, like an absolute sandbox nightmare where you could have a dog and you could have a bear and you could have a any all these guns and, and funny all names, these and drugs. Funny colors. You want to woo and the drugs and like as much as I really love drugs. admire the ending of Far Cry Five, drugs as well, drugs. Um, as much as I really admire and I actually really enjoyed the ending of Far Cry Five, I was the whole way through. They like lobotomized what made Far Cry great and kind of went off the back of Far Cry 3 was the best. Far Cry 4 was pretty good, but it was, you know, it was a 7 out of 10 instead of a 9 out of 10. Let's bring in this. And you know what? It's about America, which is where like our audience is kind of. And they just, you know, fucked it up. And then Far Cry 6, I think I got four hours into it and I didn't give a shit. Despite the fact they had Gian, was it? Gian? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. No. Yeah, that's his name. Despite him, didn't give well, a fuck. I remember when the game, when Far Cry Six was coming out, you and I would talk about it. We we're quite excited at first, and the more we looked, it was like, hmm. yeah, okay. And I, I, I think what you, the way you've broken the Far Cry series is absolutely spot on. Far Cry Three was a per, was perfectly balanced in its in its chaos and its quiet times, its crafting, its weapons, the way the story unfolded. Everything was perfectly balanced, and I think I'll write an essay. Oh, I'm expecting it on my desk oh, wait, tomorrow. I'm too busy. <laughs> um, but then with four and five, Ubisoft tried to focus on elements of the game, and in doing so, other parts dropped off, and it threw the balance off. So with Far Cry uh, four, they try to follow focus on the the narrative and the the kind of like political dissonance of the game. Which Ubisoft, look, if you're going to keep making games about politics, you do need to pick a side. You can't just say this is about <laughs> politics and then not say anything. Because that's why that ruins stories. In Far Cry <laughs> uh, Five, they thought, okay, let's lean into like the chaotic nature of it and like the the wackiness. It's in America. You drive big trucks, bigger explosions, drugs everywhere. Admittedly, Far Cry Five does have one of my favorite Far Cry moments: the uh, the first brother when you're doing the army kind of trial things. Very cool. Oh yeah. But then with Far yeah. Cry Six, they just said, okay, then just more. Let's just put more in. And those... But it had horses. Did have horses. Um, <laughs> and did have Gus Fring in it, which should have been cool. But yeah. those little random chaotic moments you got in Far Cry 3 were good because they didn't happen all the time. Mm. But in Far Cry 6, the chaos became so consistent that it wasn't chaotic. It was just the norm. So walking down the street and seeing a car explode... It was be- just the stuff. It's it just... It just that's just the world and nothing just stuff felt that interesting. Happened. Literally, just a bunch of stuff that happened. It, it became a nuisance. Like, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. All right, cool. There was a, there was a tank there and they're shooting at civilians and this car blew up and then there's a bull on the road. I don't care about that. But, yeah, and I think it was also because they changed the way that the gameplay was and the goals were that you had. So, like, Far Cry 3 and 4 was a story-based li- linear experience where you did a quest and at the end of the quest it was like 
oh, maybe you should go see this woman. She's over the other, other side of the island. So you did. Or it'd be like, hey, you need to go collect this thing. I heard that there's this, there's this whatever there. So you did. And Far Cry 5 then turned it into, hey, like you can go any direction you want, which honestly, like I liked that. I like the point that you go any direction. That's kind of what eats into the whole, oh, dude, you started with John. I started with the chick. I don't even know her name. I've forgotten it. Um, The Bliss Lady. And Blissy. You would like Blissy. Blissy Elliot. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but it was it was points based. And so it was like you could do everything you wanted in that part of the world or any part of the world, but nothing would progress until you got enough points. And it was just like, what is this? And that's why there's so much stuff happening, because it was stuff like blow up this truck and you get 500 points. So there was constantly trucks spawning to give you enough points to blow shit up. Like it was it's it was ridiculous. It's gonna it sound was such weird. a stupid way to change to move a game along. One of the biggest reasons why Ubisoft games are just not what they used to be aside from, you know, failures and governance and things like that. But mm-hmm. they've can sound really dumb. They've gamified their games. They have. And like Absolutely. Far Cry 3 is really good because it just it has like immersive sim elements to it. Just as you go around the world, just stuff happens and it's cool. It feels yeah. natural. You you're always feeling like you're playing a story. Yeah. With gameplay, you're not mm. playing a game that has some story yeah. on the side. Like you're not getting points yeah. on the screen and stuff like that. It Absolutely. Just, it, it's so immersion breaking and yeah, it bums me out. Well, I think that's that's what's so good about Far Cry Three, and like I'll get into this when we talk about the protagonist, but like you're kind of projecting your own feelings of being in this exotic world onto the character. Like you're, you're going around and it's not just like, Oh, what's the next thing I got to do? It's kind of like you're hiding in the weeds because you don't know what to expect in the world. You know, you hear a sound, you hear a tiger, you start like crawling, like going prone, like hiding in trees, like, making sure you got the right gun equipped. You see your bad guys off to the end there and you get out your sniper rifle with the silencer on the end of it so you don't get heard because you're like, Jason's worried that he's going to get seen and captured and you're worried that Jason's going to get seen and captured. Like it's this kind of absolute connection that you have with the character. But in five and six, it was just like, hey, go get in this aeroplane, go blow up this bad guy aeroplane, you get 5,000 points. And if you get 20,000 points, we'll give you the next story beat. Like, it's Yeah, I think... Fun. And look, I'm sort of conflating a lot of Far Cry and Assassin's Creed because they both started going downhill at roughly the same point yeah. and for the same reason. I liked Valhalla, actually, but it was the same points-based system. Exactly. Like, like- Valhalla, at the moment, I quite liked, um, uh, not Origins, the one in Greece. Assassin's Creed Greece before? Uh, yeah. Cool. What, shit, what was that called? God, I can't remember. Odyssey. Yeah. Odyssey. I, I, I really like Odyssey. Um, but when they moved away from... You know, when it became, hey, go take down this place and get a cool weapon or get a cool car, yeah. get something. You're doing this to get something. But in Far Cry 3, yeah. it's, I'm taking down this outpost to protect Jason and his friends. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I am them. This like, gets me closer to going home. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm doing these things not to forward me as a character, but to forward the narrative that the character's yeah. in. And they completely lost their way with it and... I'm also really pissed at Ubisoft because they're not making a fucking sequel to Immortals. Did you play Phoenix Rising? Phoenix Rising no. is so, <laughs> so good. It is one of the is best it? new IPs I've played in the last 10 years. I, I the, c- the one thing that I don't like about myself is that 
there are so many games out there that I want to play that I just never, ever do. But the ones that I do play, like, I will play to death and I will force everyone else to play them. <laughs> so there's a lot of – and the same with movies and songs and all that kind of stuff. There's so much media out there that I'll be like, I know about it. I haven't touched it. Yeah, That's look, why I apologize. I, I do play games, I swear. Uh, look, I, I, I haven't <laughs> played a game in about six weeks until yesterday when I started playing Armored Core 6, which is – Ah, very good. I'm back, baby. Well, I'm I'm literally about to download after this the uh, bloody new Fortnite, um, what's it called, update. I take that so back. Like, I have played that. We should play some together. It's like, okay, let's do that. But it's it's like no new games, only old games. Yeah, look, I can uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> I kind of love that. Been playing the hell out of that lately. Really? So good. Oh, so good. I didn't realize it was five episodes. Every time I get to the end of the thing, I'm like, well, this is it. And it's like, to be continued. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you played Oxenfree? And, and it's great. Okay. That's what he does. Have you played Oxenfree <laughs> 2 yet? I have. I finished Ooh. it. Um, uh, I finished it in a day. How many thumbs it up was, out of six? Uh, out of six? Yeah. Three and a half? Ooh. It wasn't as good. Have you played it? No. Oh, it wasn't. Wasn't as good as the first one. It's it's basically um, a way to 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 uh, complete the story. It's the Netflixification it's of gaming. Yeah, it's not it's not bad, but it was one of those things where I, I bought it as soon as it came out because it came out Friday, I think it was, uh, or Thursday, and I played it that weekend um, for like the six hours or so that I played it, and then I was like. Well, I kind of want my $30 back, but only because I'm so poor that I feel bad <laughs> that I spent $30 on the game. Loved it. Like, it was good. It was a good game, and I want them to have my money. But at the same time, I'm very poor, and how dare you take it from me? I know it was free on Netflix, but I just couldn't play it on Netflix. I just don't want to. Yeah, it seems you know? unnatural. I keep getting people – I think so, I keep getting um, – uh, yeah, I just keep getting people telling me to play. Oh, it's free on Netflix. You play it on your phone. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I could, I mean, I could I also go to the gym. I'm not doing that. Like, you know, calm the fuck down. <laughs> now. Switch was good. Before Sorry, we get to, I mean, I have a note here that just says defend Jason Brody. And I know you will do that with all your heart. Um, there was something I want to ask earlier. And I, I, I forgot to. Yes. All right. Lorne, you as Jason Brody, you are walking towards an outpost. Okay. Okay. How are you taking it down? What's your loadout? Tell me who, Ooh. how did you play Far Cry 3? Okay. All right. Okay, depends on the mood. Obviously, it depends how much how long I've been playing it for. So usually, what I would do, um, I would from far away, uh, I would have a, um, a sniper rifle and arrows. Um, what I would do is I would uh, first of all get down nice and prone. I would get my binoculars out and I would, uh, oh sorry, the camera, whatever he had a camera. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, tag everyone or tag as many people as I can, especially the alarms. Um, I would then, with my arrows, destroy the alarms, as many as I could anyway. Um, if there were any animals in cages, I would release the animals. Some of them were shit. Like, some were cassowaries, which, like, obviously, they cassowaries are fucking scariest animal, and dangerous. Scariest animal in existence. Demons. Actual dinosaur. Actual dinosaur. Friends of the um, show. But... With a bunch of machine guns and all the guys going, oh, my God, it's a cassowary. They would, like, kill it in, like, 12 seconds. Whereas a tiger comes out, the tiger might get one or two guys in the in the, in the a go, you know? Um, uh, and so then what I would do is I'd get rid of the alarm codes. And it depends depends how I feel. If, if I see enough of them, I will 
take them all out with a sniper rifle as many as I can or an or the arrows because I find that nice and satisfying. But sometimes I'd just be like, all right, well, no one's coming to help you. I'd get my shotgun out and go in there and point blank everyone. Um, and also, like, uh, um, if, the, if you can't get up to, like, a height or you can't quite see stuff from far away, doing the stealth sneaking through. Th- this is actually, like, the first game that made me really appreciate stealth um, because it it encouraged it throughout the whole game. Like it was it was the one of the biggest features of it was like, hey, be stealthy. But also, um, getting through an outpost without triggering alarms was something you re- needed to do to gain the tattoos, um, the tattoos. And then once you had every tattoo, you'd get an achievement. So like there was there was a point where I'd gotten through the game, I'd I'd finished it, no more outposts, and it was like you still need to do this. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And so then once I finished the game, I had to restart it and do it all again. This is before there was a feature to reset your outposts at the end. So We're quite similar. I used to play it like I would play Far Cry 3 as you're meant to play a Batman game and I would play Batman games as you're meant to play Far Cry 3. So whenever I played (laughs) Far Cry, I would go into an outpost and I would silently take down everyone just... Silent pistol, silent sniper, uh, bow, yeah. and mainly um, your uh, chuck and bait. Your oh, the baits and stuff like that. <laughs> the the quick kills, the shockingly brutal uh, finishes, the- like the knife to the neck and things like that. Very very yep. satisfying. And then I would leave one person, and they would be freaking out. All the alarms taken down. Often I would lay down some uh, of those little mines near the exits, yep. just in case they want to get away. Uh, and then at that point, never did. I free an animal because even if the mm-hmm. cassowary, one person's not taking it down. That's true. And that's just a very wait. good strategy. You just chill. Um, I, I played that like an absolute psychopath, and I yeah. loved every single second of it. Also, yeah. look, I know we're going to move on to Jason Brody, but you have done your impersonation of characters a few times. You're off, off, off just the grunts, the guards. Can you please give me your and best? Uh, I think that whore gave me the clap. Oh, I think that all gave me the clap. Not bad. That's not bad. I do the. <laughs> oh, you know what I like? You know what I like to do every now and again? All right. Hey there, boy. Sucky, sucky, <laughs> fucky, fucky. <laughs> and I think we have the clip for um, Instagram there. Cool. <laughs> I can't remember that line being in the game. And part of me is like, I don't think that was in my version. I think you got a different copy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's just. Uh, Fuck Cry 3. Uh, it's a. Uh, Fuck you, right? No, it's a lady in um, you know the shanty town where you first meet the Will. What's his name? Yes. The um CIA agent. Yep. Uh, yeah, she's that town. She's like, hey there, sake sake, fucky fucky. She's like, just in the in the in the. Just a woman. <laughs> oh, it hurts when I piss. <laughs> the lines, those little like guard grunt lines in the games, even like. There is not many days that go past that Sophie and I just go, pagan men, pagan men. Ah, it's so good. And they stopped doing that. And I'm like, well, why the fuck am I spending full money on your games, Ubisoft? If you're not going to give me any love, if you're not going to give me any sucky sucky, I'm not giving you any fucky fucky with my money, okay? Bring the jokes back. Bring the lines back. Lawn gives, defend Jason Brody. Why is he good? Jason Brody. Jason Brady. Gave me the clap. So, all right. This is endgame for me, people who are listening. Um, 
there is something that I've, I mean, I've alluded to it as we've gone throughout. Um, a lot of people, uh, ignorant people, uh, Jesse was one of these people, <laughs> um, that uh, they would play Far Cry 3 and they would say like, oh, man, Far Cry 3, great game, great, like, oh, so cool because you get to stab people in the neck. Is that your impersonation like, I, I of assume me? they're all like bros. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, man, whatever, um, whatever. They're all just bros. Yeah, man, whatever. You know, they're fucking bros. Pretty cool. And they're all just like, yeah, but the, the, the guy that you play as is just like a douchebag. Like, he's just nothing. He doesn't he doesn't do anything. He's he's just real shit. And it's it's just not correct. It's just not correct, you see? Um so the thing about Jason Brody is that he has one of the best character arcs that I think I've really ever seen in a game. Um he he starts off as yes, your typical douchebag. There's, there's. If you're going chronologically in terms of Jason Brody as a person, as a, as as his American twenty two year old person or whatever he is, um, he is an absolute tosser. He's an absolute douchebag. You'd hate to meet him in person. Um, not the kind of guy that you want to. He reminds me. You hang he reminds me of Andrew G. Remember the old host from Australian Idol. Yes. But at Osher. the end of the game, he Osher becomes Osher. Ginsburg. He has growth. He becomes Osher. That's it. That's it. He has growth. <laughs> um, so, uh, and look, this is this is going to be a, a lot of um, maybe backstory that people haven't quite heard about Jason Brody, which I think not that you need to. Like, you get enough backstory throughout if you if you listen to the dialogue and read the bits and pieces, because you know the game comes with the, like the handbook, and every time you um you find a, a another person. Or you hear of another person that has that, you know, the guide, the field guide, the um, here's what a tiger is, here's what a cassowary is, here's what Jason Brody is and his younger brother, older brother, girlfriend, etc. Um, so Jason Brody is a shitty college student in America. Um, he has a girlfriend whose name is Lisa, who is on the trip with them. Younger brother Riley, who is sixteen, uh, no, sorry, sixteen, like nineteen or so, and an older brother who who uh, his name's Grant, I believe. Um, who uh, has just come or he's in the army. He's like, you know, mid-20s, whatever. He's a big, strong, buff guy. And they're all on this trip together with a couple other friends who are other stereotypes that we'll get to. Um, and he's a thrill seeker. He loves the adrenaline. He loves, um, you know, sitting back and drinking with his friends and all that kind of stuff. Like he doesn't take life too seriously and he doesn't want to take life too seriously you know he he wants to be this kind of adrenaline junkie just living his best life kind of situation hence why on this big trip with his friends where they go to uh they go to bangkok and they they find this guy in the bar who says i'm going to give you the best experience of your world of your life fucky 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 deserted island right sucky sucky fucky fucky um (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna skydive down to the deserted island only cost you this much money whatever um, and you can do whatever you want there. It, it's your like your sandbox. Huh, get it? Um, and you can do whatever you want and it's just the most adrenaline-seeking like feeling of your life. And his girlfriend who who just got a job as an actress in L.A. is like, come on, I have an audition. Like I've, I've got stuff to do. I, I need to be an adult. And Jason's like, I don't I don't care. Like we're going, we're going skydiving. We're, we're being this, you know, adrenaline-seeking couple. So they do it. Land on the island. They all get captured. Obviously, that's that's it was a big ploy. Whatever. And when you start the game, when you start controlling as Jason, I swear I'm not going to go through a play by play here. It's just it's important. <laughs> um, when you start off as Jason, you are captured alongside your older brother Grant, who is 
big buff army guy. He knows guns. He knows he knows bits and pieces. He um he tricks the guard into coming over and then just fucking murders him in cold blood in front of Jason, who is shitting his fucking pants, absolutely shitting his pants. And he's like, "You've killed him. Like, what what have you done? Like, ridiculous." And your older brother's like, "Bro." This is pretty fair game for me. Like, you know, follow me. Like, come through here. Like, I'll I'll take care of us. And you go through and, and you get, you finally get out. You kind of see all the horrors that these people are doing to you and other tourists like you. And you get towards the end of, of um, being captured and all of a sudden your older brother gets shot and is, is killed right in front of you. And you also have to kill to, to get out of that situation. So... Not only do you leave your brother behind and you you go out into this big scary world, but like Grant is the should be the protagonist of this story. You know, he's the one with the experience with guns, and he's the one with all this army training and and this big buff like fuck here, I can fucking destroy everything kind of attitude. But you're left with this guy who thinks life is boring without adrenaline and has no idea what to do. Like you've you've learned along the way that. Um, he's used guns in the past, so thus he was able to pick up a pistol and be able to shoot it. But he really has no life ex- like experience like that. Um, and as you kind of start the game, as I said, alluded to earlier about how you're kind of you're in this world as scared of what could possibly happen to your character as Jason is within this environment. So, like, you, you only get a pistol to start off with and you're constantly, like, unless you play the game a million times before and you go around fucking guns blazing because you're like, nothing can kill me. I know what happens in this game. Um, this guy. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, You go around crouched down. You, you see the bad guys coming and you, you're shit scared because you have no idea what's going to happen. You don't know where your friends are and you don't know. Your older brother's already been killed right in front of you and he was, like, the protector. He was the one that was going to keep you safe because he promised you he would. Um, and you go through this world and suddenly kind of the locals start seeing you as like the hero. And um, you go through and you find your a couple of your friends along the way who are, like we said, kind of stereotypes. Like there's the, the cool like tomboy girl who knows how to fix a motor so she can help get out of the, out of the island. Um, you eventually go ahead and, and find your girlfriend um, who is kind of like this damsel in distress and and she's just so thankful to find you, but, you know, you, your other friends are still missing. Um, and then as you, you go through the world, you kind of, you meet the locals and, and there's this um, Dennis, the kind of your, what's the word, kind of like your, your guide, yeah. your helper, your the person that calls you and hands you the next quest basically here or there. He um he starts instilling that like, hey, you're actually like you're actually helping around here. Like you you you're making a difference. Um, you escape from Vars's company. Yeah, you escape from his his campsite, and you've killed some of them along the way. Like no one's done that. Like you are this this wonderful warrior. Like we see this warrior spirit in you, and Jason starts getting real fucking chuffed, you know, because he's like, bro, I was. You know, I I jumped out of planes back home because that's the only way I felt like I was actually contributing to like anything. The only way I felt like I was worth anything was because of that. Um, and uh, as you go through, obviously you're building up your weapons, you're going ahead, and um, uh, however you want to play the game. But 
they kind of get to a point in the game where your your um, your arsenal is getting really full. Like you've got all these weapons at your disposal. You've got all these people who respect you, um, and not only that, but you are heading towards kind of like I don't know the queen of the island people. You could say um, who happens to be Bass's sister and like I guess enemy, and she's kind of feeding you this bullshit I guess about like you are the savior of these people like everyone here is your it is like under your um guide I guess um and Jason's obviously feeling like powerful like he's feeling fucking powerful but he's like also torn because he's like but I don't belong here and I still need to get back to America I've got my girlfriend here I've got my my brothers just passed away. I've got my other friends who all are all like, bro, I'm so happy you found me. I can't wait to get back home. And you're going along and you're, um, yeah, just becoming this big fucking buff guy. And like, as you go through, you get the tattoos, which magically appear in your arm, like mine do. And like, just, you can just, after every time you gain a tattoo and you finish a quest, you just can feel that Jason's like, bro, I fucking run this jungle, you know? And then about halfway through the game, you've already got the best weapons you possibly can find in the game. It's not like a game where you get to the end and then you get the big fucking gun and you can use it in the last boss battle. Like you have everything at your disposal so early that you've become this big fucking tough guy and the rest of the game you have this persona of this big fucking tough guy and you were just like, hell yeah, I'm here to get my friends and I'm here to get out of this fucking place. Um and then as you rescue one of your last friends after this pretty, like, you remember Buck? Yeah. Like, this pretty crazy storyline with this fucked up Australian guy um, who, like, it just alludes to some awful shit. If, like, not only is, is it just, like, such a good up, game because Vast is such a... He gets fucked up at the poker table? Is that Buck? Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Oh, Buck. Buck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets fucked up at the poker table. Um... Wait, no, 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 no. That's the that's the German guy. Yes, yes. Right at the start, the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Buck, Buck's the one that has your friend. He's got um, oh shit, I forgot his name. He's like a he was like a he was a rich hoity-toity banker though, basically. Yeah. Um, one of your friends. So he he bought Buck bought your friend off Vass and was basically like raping him. Unfortunately, but that was what was alluded to is that he was using him as his own little um plaything um but like even just that middle part of the game just quickly just talking about how fucking great the antagonist is just like that middle part of the game is like a giant fetch quest for buck to get your friend back and buck is just screwing with your head the entire time it's feeding you these riddles and like just making you feel uneasy you know it's just it's such like a great middle part because you kind of forget about vast and kind of just keep focusing on buck there um Anyway, so you, you get through and you find your friends and it's finally you find your last one. You're like, great, little brother, and then we're out of here. And then your friend says, your brother's been killed. Like your little brother, like, no, I saw him. He was shot. He's dead. And obviously that's an awful time. And you're just like, holy shit, my two, my, my both, both my brothers are dead. Um, I need I need a bit of time to grieve here. So you're like he kind of goes off on his own and, and has this little moment of like just, I don't know, grief. What the hell am I doing? But that's when his ego is pumped up to the absolute extreme by like the island people to um, make him feel like, you know, maybe 
well, now I don't have any ties to America. Now I don't have any ties back home. Like I got my girlfriend, whatever. I love her, whatever. She's like needs to go live her own life and go live her her true self, I suppose, back in America as like an actress. And my friends can all go back to America. It's fine. I'm going to stay here and become this big fucking warrior that I deserve to be. And I think this is where people lose him because they're all still in the plane of like, no, America, like we came, we came here to get our friends and go home. And that's not even like, what, this is probably about halfway, maybe a bit past halfway of the game where suddenly Jason's turned into this massive douchebag, like more so than he was originally. He, he was quite a douchebag. His ideas have now switched. He was quite a douchebag, but he, his, his ideas now have just switched to like, this is where I belong. Like, I am a big fucking deal here. Like, this is all the adrenaline I need. Like, I've got the wingsuits. I've got the tigers. I've got the the, the sucky, sucky, fucky, fuckies. And I just don't what need anything else. Like, why else would I need this? What's more could fucky, you fucky want? And, and fucky, that, fucky? In this economy? <laughs> and, Come and on. both? <laughs> Come on. Because he lives, you know? Jesus. Um, and, yeah, and and it's it's this big point where, like, all of a sudden, like, he has just completely switched his his character development. And you're kind of like, what are you doing? Like, like, we're meant to be going home. Like, this is what we're meant to be doing. But, like, bro, big fucking guns? Like, why not? Why not just stay in there and wreak havoc? And then I feel like gameplay-wise, you're playing the rest of the game to um, just to fucking destroy shit. Like, you kind of live in this life of, like, nothing matters anymore. Like... My family is basically dead. Like my little brother who I was like venturing out to go rescue is is gone. Like I don't have anything to live for. Let's just fucking go for like our lives out here in this jungle by de- destroying the, um, the fucking government that has overthrown and taken everyone hostage. Like hell yeah. And then as you go through, you find it, your little brother is still alive. You kind of almost flick a switch where – you see him and you think, holy shit, like, I'm back. Like, wow, I, maybe maybe it is best that I go home now. Like, now that I have him, I've got to protect him. And maybe this is just a cutesy little, like, brother drama bullshit that people attach to, especially me. Um, but you you kind of shake free of it. You shake free of the, the big fucking guns mentality and you kind of go back to, like, no, like, we've got to, we've got to head home. And I think that really comes out in the ending which is you either choose to go home with your friends and leave all this behind or you choose to stay because if you choose to stay, obviously you you kill your friends and then you're like, fuck you. Like he literally sounds like an absolute douchebag at this point where he's like, that's it, I'm the king, like I'm the guy, like uh, whatever. And then you get killed by the queen because she's like, After I'm the queen. you bust the nut. Who the fuck did you think? They do have sex. After you buffed it, bust After a nut, bust and nut. she's like, I am now pregnant with your child. The warrior spirit is inside me. And then she fucking kills you. So you can't, like, what was that for? It was nothing. All she used you for was to have some sort of like, Dickin. I don't know, American diplomacy or bullshit <laughs> like that. A, a dual passport maybe. <laughs> but uh, There are easy ways to get you know, that. It, it, yeah. So it, it just kind of, if you pick that ending and everyone like, a majority of people is very surprised because I instantly was like, of course I'm going to go home with my friends. I'm going to go back to home with my girlfriend, my brother and my other friends. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you? So many people I talked to and just like in general conversations and podcasts and online and all that were like, 
oh, what a shit ending. I chose to stay and be with the cool chick and, like, you know, like I got killed for it. What a shitty ending. Ubisoft really make you, like, go their direction. It's just, like, it was it was the illusion. I understand it was frustrating, but, like, an illusion of choice. Yeah. Like, and then it was meant to be, like. It, it finally ends with. Like the whole game at this point, Jason feels like he's in control of anything, but it's meant to show that no, he was never in control of of, of anything. Um, yeah, I yeah. I think they it was were, ahead they of were its literally time. feeding his ego, so they would do his dirty work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and especially like when you, if you do choose to save your friends, you just like, I'm sorry, I've got to go home, and then there's this, there's this monologue as the boat's leaving with you and all your friends, where Jason is saying like, everything I did here has changed me. Like I I am an actual monster and I don't know if I'm ever going to be the same again. But I would love to hear a story like he like let's try a, a, a comic or something that shows Jason's life afterwards. The I want to see yeah. how far can you push what happens what, what happens on tour stays on tour. Like how much can you force that on people but yeah. none of that happened. Yeah. None of that happened. <laughs> I think yeah. We just gaslight him the whole time. We didn't go anywhere. What are you talking about? After your brothers, we had that discussion. Naomi, still, you're a few about? years ago, and I've, I've I've played through it again since, and you know, just discussing it then and doing some research on the game. I I do appreciate Jason a lot more. I appreciate what Ubisoft did with Jason because it became such a commentary. Like we said before, he's so different to all the other um, protagonists in games of that time, especially. And at one point in the game, he starts to become them. But the story's so well written and so well paced that you, as a player, your attitude towards it has actually changed. So you you yeah. don't want him to become that character anymore. And it's this weird. Yeah. While like you know you get the 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 uh, switch flipped with him a few times, it also happens to you as a player, and you're like, no, I I don't want to be on this side. I had a lot of fun here, but I had a reason I was doing all that. There was yeah. narrative behind all to be my here, and now that's all done. Exactly. Yeah. So look, I'm I'm on, and I think I think, yeah, I think as a as a character as well. Like obviously, like narrative wise, it's meant to flow quite like quite well. Um, and when you're when you're playing the character, um, if you are doing kind of what I do, and you go ahead and you explore for twenty hours before you really even get halfway through the game, like you're in this mindset of of Jason Brody as someone who's just on this island to survive until he can get off the island, not just get off. Well, he does whatever. with Citra. You know, anyway, um, <laughs> he does, he does get off. Um, and so like seeing him kind of suddenly do this switch and like as, as much as we say suddenly, it's very much like alluded to throughout story beats. Like you can see like every now and again, he'll, he might kill someone and go woohoo. And you just like see it as like a, a passing sound or a passing whatever that he's made, but that's just because he started to like seek the adrenaline of killing these enemies as the stuff that he was trying to find in America by, by being this like adrenaline junkie, like jumping out of planes and, and going bungee jumping and rock climbing and all this kind of stuff that would like grow his, yeah, you play for adrenaline was now something that was just his lifestyle. The same year this came out, did you play Spec Ops The Line? mm I didn't, but okay. I have absolutely. I, I have heard okay, all the cool. stuff about. I won't it. Like say I've, too I've much. Watched it all. I've heard it all. I've read it all. I yeah. won't say too much because I think it is one of the best 
endings to a game ever, and I, I wish more people played it. And it's also a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's crazy that they came out the same year. I know the Spec Ops stuff, when you play through it, I think the message behind it is a lot more in your face, while the yeah. Far Cry stuff has taken me a while to properly appreciate the character. But look, as... Um, and I know you're the president of the um, Garfield Historical Society. Um, Correct. But I think... You have a place on the board of directors for the Jason Brody Memorial Hall. I'm assuming he's dead by now. Memorial? I assume he's dead by now. <laughs> it has been. I, I'm sure he's probably overdosed after all. Oh, I was going to say, he looks like somebody who would die young. But. Yeah. Speaking of. But that's the thing. Like, I just. Yeah. I just. I just. In closing, such a good game. Such a great game. And I think I think as well, just the the outer monologue of him kind of recognizing like I have turned into a fucking monster. Like it's not just like game over, let's head back to America, friends, let's go have some jelly shots and go put on like fucking Fraser and go to sleep. Like what it's a, oh what a night. It's purely like, oh, what a night though. What a night. But it, it's I don't know. Just just the recognition of bro, I did some shit and I don't think I can come back from this. I really liked this episode. We went from talking about stinky sneezes to the futility of power mm. fantasies and how they can be damaging to the psyche. So just cut all that out. Look at that. No, cut get, all it, that get rid of it. Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. <laughs> now, before we do wrap up, Lorne, can you describe yes. your relationship with Far Cry mm. 3 in three words? Oh, damn it. Sucky, sucky, fucky, fucky's four words. You could use a hyphen. Oh. <laughs> um, mm, in three words, huh? Fuck. Okay. Bro, this is Fuck, hard. Bro. This is hard. It's like chaotic. Mm. Chaotic is a word. Yes. Chaotic. Um, chaotic fever dream. There Ooh, we go. Very, very good. I did just get images of um, Basel, there's TVs and such. Lawn. Yes. I. Yes. Literally, there are not many people I like talking to game, talking to about games and you, and talking about this game in particular. Like we could talk. This episode could have gone for five hours. There are so many more things I, I want to talk about. And the fact that I said I wasn't going to give a play by pain that I kind of did, I'm very sorry. But that's just how my brain works. It was I good. Hey, look. Facts. Pain the picture. Is, pain the picture. What it is. Now. Fucking fight me. Lord, if people do want to fight you, uh, where could they find you? Ooh. Oh, goodness me. Um. Well, I am on. Uh, look. Look. I am on the X. Is that what we call it now? Uh, we, do you we, still call uh, it We Twitter? do not. We call it Twitter. Because we're over 30. <laughs> uh, yes, it's true. Um, no, you can find me on Twitter. I am at the Lauren underscore Gibbs. Uh, and look, if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm very boring. I just post a lot of stories of cats and stuff like that. But uh, it's, uh, how do you even pronounce that? Underscore, neurally lime, underscore. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tag it and things. It's my name backwards. It's fine. You'll be fine. It's one of those things where it's like people need to find me and I go, I, I don't. You don't. I don't know Look, how to say it. It's just my name backwards. If they want to find you, you will be on more episodes because I do want to talk about Need for Speed soon. Hey. Yes. Well, there's so much There's so much I could talk about. Just give me a topic. Yeah, you, you're going to you're gonna give a play-by-play of you know, like so the much. Supra or something like that. It's like, oh, this is why the Supra needed more attention oh, in that game. Oh, yeah. Um. I could do that. Now, if you want to keep an ear out or an eye out for that, episode. we're on Spotify and iTunes. Just search for Love Letters. 
subscribe, leave us a review. We have a bunch of other episodes. By the time this goes up, what have we got lately? Tony Hawk, we've got Community, uh, we've got Lost. Uh, so have a listen. Tell me what you think. Give us a five-star review. Don't If you're going to give a one-star review, what are you doing? What are you doing? Give us a five-star review. I need them. Uh, it also helps us heaps being relatively new. It helps with the algorithms and all sorts of things as well. Now, we're also on social media. We're on Threads and the Gram at Love Letters Show. And we're on Twitter. But again, some coward sold a Twitter handle that I wanted. So we're at Love underscore Letters Pod. So go give us a follow. And again, tell me what you think. If you have any suggestions for future episodes. I haven't ventured onto Threads yet. You haven't got Threads yet? It's okay. I actually, no, I'm going to take the back. I actually read like threads. I think, I think threads should be the winner of the next thing. Um, okay. But. Okay. I feel like I should make an account just so I have it. You already have it. Baby, you got Instagram. Never use it. Baby, you got Instagram. Well, it's true. You got Instagram, yeah, you right. got a threads. Okay. You got a gym, you got a door. That's Wait, you got a door, you got a gym. Got that the wrong <laughs> way around. Whatever. Fuck it. Let's wrap it up. You got a sucky, up. you got a fucky. <laughs> Lauren, thanks for uh, joining. <laughs> Fucking hell. What a note to finish on. <laughs> Thank you for joining in. Always a pleasure. You're always more than welcome. Yes. Uh, and Thank you. Thank you very much. L- listeners, Thank thanks for sticking around. Hope you uh, enjoyed our little chat on Far Cry 3. One of the best games ever made. Uh, and This is just means that I, I, I've talked enough about Far Cry 3 to last me for like another three years. We can, we'll revisit it. 100%. This is a part yep. one. I almost like I downloaded it to go ahead and play it again, and then I was just like, I know I don't I know too much about it. Like it's I don't need to play it again. Hold me to this. But now I kind of want to. This is a part but one of two. I don't know when part two will come out, but there will be a revisit. Oh. I'm gonna give Ooh, okay. my thoughts on Jason Brody. Watch out! <gasps> dun, dun, dun. What a cliffhanger! Guys, thanks for listening. I like it. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Mwah. Bye.